This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other, but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And we are the Brothers Fugit. Nailed it. And that, and that dramatic pause is me trying to remember where that went in the album. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say, I like that pause, man. Yeah. Really. I was trying to remember the, up. Well, I was trying to remember the Brothers Fugit went, my brain just stopped. Um... <laughs> That wasn't a dramatic pause. That was a brain cramp. Um, so on this episode, we're going to be reviewing one of my picks. And um, I don't think a lot of defense is necessary. We're reviewing Criminal Volume 1, Coward. Um, and this is one of the most famous like crime novels, crime series in all of comic books. And so we were going to get here eventually one way or another. And so... Um, and we haven't done a lot of just straight up crime stories. And so I felt like it was, you know, if we, if we were going to go this direction, we had to go Brubaker and we had to go criminal. And so that's, that's the whole, that's the spiel. I mean, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Nothing wrong. I'd never read it. Um, I've read, I've read, uh, oh, what's it called? I don't, I don't think it's Fatal. Still, it's the Brubaker series set in Hollywood. Um, there's another crime. I've read some of those and I've, I mean, he's, one of my favorite Captain America writers ever. His run on Cap, which we'll be doing soon, um, yeah. uh, is 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 one of my favorites. Um, but let's uh, give out some grades, guys. You ready? Let's do it. Let's All do right. it. It's time for the live action Batman grades, with uh, the grades being from best to worst: Bell, Affleck, Keaton, West, Kilmer, and Clooney. And Sam, you have the privilege of going first. They, I don't know if it's a privilege I, or what. <laughs> oh, no. This oh, is totally oh. not my genre is the problem. It is. It is. I, I do think it's well done and all that stuff. So I, mean, I still need to give it a good grade. And I gave it a Affleck minus. So it's still in the higher things, but it's, it's just not my genre at all. And that's that's the only reason it's that low for me. Okay. Josh? Mm-hmm. Well, Sam, I think me and you uh, are in the same boat. And I took it a step further. I went Keaton. Uh, just just not my cup of tea. Uh, there's a couple issues I'll talk about later that really added on to that. But yeah, the, the crime stories are not my not my jam. And uh, then I had some other things that was dragging me down. So still on the plus side. But if you don't like crime stories, you're still not going to like this. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm in the same sort of range there. I'm, I'm sitting at a solid Affleck, maybe an Affleck minus. Um, and I'm with you guys. I mean, crime crime stories aren't my favorite, I, but I, I get in the mood for it. Um, like, but if I'm not, you know, it's not, I'm not going to have a steady diet of crime stories. Um, and this one felt kind of a little paint by numbers. Like it felt yeah. familiar. A lot of like this was like well trodden ground for yeah. like you know movies and you know crime books. You know, like you've read kind of thing. A, a little bit predictable. So it's I couldn't go bail because of that. Um, but I did have a good time, and when I am in the mood for a good crime story again, this will be the series I go to. Um, there you go. So it, it is. I do. It is a good recommendation. Um, but uh, you I, have I to hope, like this genre. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I and I do hope it's a little more inventive as the series goes. Series goes along. Like the next story might have some, you know, less familiar twists and turns. So hopefully, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the creator credits this week, um, it's written by Ed Brubaker, art and cover by Sean Phillips, and the colors by Val Staples. I could not find who did the lettering, so I'm assuming it was Sean Phillips then. Um, Sounds right. 
right. Uh, that's all you get before the klaxon. Here we go. Full spoilers ahead, and it is time for the bite size breakdown. All right. Um, <laughs> the uh, so if you're reading this with a, a comicsology um, digital version, there aren't issues in there. They've done away with all that stuff. It's just a graphic novel at this point. So we've sort of had to tap dance around on what where our breakdowns are. So we're going by sort of natural breakpoints in the story. So this first section is pages one through thirty. All right. Uh, we open on a flashback of a bank heist gone wrong. And we meet Leo as he's bailing on his compatriots. Five years later, two dirty cops are offering him a job on another heist. Then Leo goes home and we meet Ivan, an elderly man he is taking care of. Then Greta shows up to pressure him to take the cop's job. Finally, he agrees and starts putting a team together. All right, so I have page 31 through 60. And it's uh, four days later, Leo and Seymour are following the armored truck to make a plan for the heist. They fake a breakdown and now they have the perfect plan. Jeff brings in more dirty cops to help, and Leo gets mad and then agrees. Leo moves Ivan to a safe house. The day of the job starts perfect, but it's a setup. Seymour and Jeff double-cross Leo and Greta, hoping to catch them and steal the diamonds for themselves. A lot of people get shot, including Greta, but Leo and Greta get away with the score. Roy L. is not happy with Jeff and kills one of the bad cops. Right. And then I've got the third sections, page 61 to 91. Uh, so Greta's been shot. She wakes up. Uh, she learns she's on Leo's family farm with Leo and Ivan. She tries to teach Leo to shoot a gun and learns he's not the coward everyone thinks he is. Then they really get to know each other. <laughs> Ivan finds the drugs and ODs while Leo and Greta are sleeping. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jeff and Delron team up and track down Greta's mom. All right, I have the big finale. Uh, the bite, the bite size. Jeez, I tried to make bad guys one word. Um, it didn't work. The bad guys have killed Greta's mom and are kidnapping her daughter when she makes a really dumb phone call. The bad guys head to the farm and kill Greta. While he's in the city, Leo finds out they know where Greta is, but he doesn't make it back in time and finds her body. He finds out where they're holding the kid and rescues her. And then goes after the bad guys at Roy LT. I couldn't get his name straight. Yeah, it's Roy L's. It's uh, supposed to be royalty. Ah, smart. You say I it fast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, he's the drug king. The drug kingpin behind it all. A shootout ensues, and Leo takes everyone out. He takes a couple of bullets while he's at it. But he broke his own rules. And on the very last panel, the cops arrive, and he's going to jail. Where is he? No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't think he's out. Well, I don't yeah. think he's running away. He may die on the way to the hospital. That's yeah. the only way he's not going to jail. <laughs> Look on the bright side. He might die on the way to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Silver linings. Uh, you're a little ray of sunshine, aren't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Time for the graphically novel pyramid. And these are the three things we believe are required for a good graphic novel. No, wait. For a graphic novel to be a good graphic novel. Uh, guess who's pulled some extra shifts and lost some sleep? <laughs> I'm lucky you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, the first element is we need to think uh, a, a graphic novel to have a compelling story 
We need we need uh, quality art and some memorable characters. Uh, Sam, you're first on story. What do you got? All right. So, I mean, we kind of mentioned it earlier. It is kind of a, a cookie cutter paint by numbers story, but I still think it's it's really well done, and in the way that it, it flows, it, it does have a familiar feel. But the way he goes back and forth between time and places and stuff like that, I, I think he intertwines it really well. And I I didn't have a hard time following it either. And sometimes when they bounce like that, days forward, whatever, it's hard to follow. But they've done a really good job on that. And then uh, We've had that go sideways on a couple of the things we've reviewed. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. And he, it, he kept it straight. I mean, the, the, the flow of it and the, the feel for that genre, it does feel like a – like a big heist uh, movie or something like that going to happen. So, I mean, I thought the story was really well. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's it, it. I think for a heist story, it's a pretty good heist story. But if you don't like heist stories, you're not going to like this. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I watched half of, like, Ocean's Eleven and said, yeah, I'm, I'm done with those. And then I, I now they made, like, ten more of them or something. <laughs> I just, it's, it's not my thing, you know. It definitely does, uh, does have that feel. It really yeah, does. It, that, it's got Fine. that kind Fine. of feel. I mean, they, they there's a proposition. Somebody doesn't want to join the crew. He ends up joining. Then they assemble a team. They do some dry runs. Stuff goes sideways. I mean, it's, it's a high story. Uh, mm. But I think what makes a good high story is having stuff come out of nowhere. You've got the big reveal at the the, the last the closing chapter you get the oh well they were setting all this up remember when he said that in the first part of the movie or the first part of the graphic novel he already knew all this was happening somebody already had a plan that it was all going to go the way it went and, and I don't think we really got that I think that's an integral part of the high story it's somebody that had the master plan that we didn't get uh, and, and I was missing that a little bit but uh, yeah it was a solid story just just not up my alley yeah, and I've got kind of a question too. I mean, I, I mean, it was a good time. It was well told. I mean, this was a good example of a good crime story. I don't know how memorable it's going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to stick out my memory as like an especially good like you know crime story. Like you know, um, I just don't think it's going to be that. I mean, it's, it was fine. It was it was a good read. Um, it's just not going to stick out. It's not something like somebody like asked me like, "Recommend me a good crime story." I don't think this is popping in my head. All right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to be thinking about this next week, let alone, you know, six months from now. I don't think this is going to make it on our year in review or, or award show. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to pull anything from this one. I think it was just too familiar. There was nothing like super creative and inventive and new that made it pop out at us. It was yeah. just, yeah, yeah. It's like an old shoe. Like I've, I've read this before. I've seen this movie before. It's yeah. 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 It's I, I, I lost interest in it. At times I was reading it and then I would I had read a couple pages and realized I was only half reading it and half watching TV and I had to go back and like reread what was going on because I, I, I couldn't get absorbed into it. Like, <laughs> not that it was bad or anything. It's just I'm reading it and I'm, you kind of know what's happening. You know what's going on. It wasn't that engaging, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I think there's one exception to that that we'll get to later in the pyramid. Um, but I, I think you're I mean, you're spot on. I mean, it. Um, but but if this is your genre, if you love a good crime story, this is a good crime story. So, right. Yeah. You can yeah. tell we're I brothers. Guess, we all agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, our, if, our genre. If, if you don't like superhero movies, no matter how good Winter Soldier is, you're probably not going to like it because you don't <laughs> like those kind of movies. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, if you don't like crime stories, this is a good crime story. You're probably not going to like it. But if you if you're into that, then it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Um, I would. What's that? Remember the name of it? I'll look it up later, while while somebody else is talking. Um, but I this I don't think this is Brubaker's best crime story. The the one like the one set in old Hollywood was much more creative, and mm. it, it it does stand out in my memory. I'll look that up in a minute. Um, anything else on the story, guys? Nope. All right, Josh, lead us off on art. So art. Uh, I think we've all established that this is not our favorite story type. Uh, the art wasn't, you know, I wasn't wowed by the art. The, the the faces were pretty expressive. Like, I got a good feel from the faces. Who was feeling what? I mean, there, there was a lot of expressions going on. But the consistency on the faces was not good. Uh, you know, Leo was all over the place. Greta especially. Greta from even panels beside each other. She looked like different people. It's not even you can blame different artists or whatever. It's on the same page, panel side by side, two different people. Uh, but I, it wasn't bad. It just, you know, a story I didn't like. And then the faces were all over the place. I mean, it was okay, but nothing really jumped out at me. So I, I don't know that the art's the strong part of the pyramid this week either. I felt like it did a good job setting the tone, though. I mean, I felt like I was in some kind of late 70s, gritty New York City, you know, crime story. It did set the tone, but there were flaws. <laughs> of yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with every, all of your criticism. I, agree with, I, I thought the facial expressions were solid. Like, they got, like, the feeling of the scenes across on everybody's face. But you're 100% right. I mean, if, if, if Leo didn't have, like, his weird haircut and strange goatee, I mean... I mean, he wouldn't have stood out. I mean, no. Greta's face was different almost every time she was on the page. Um, I didn't think that the page layouts were very creative. Um, I mean, it was just, it was okay. It was solid. Um, I thought the action was pretty mediocre. Um, nothing really blew me away. I, um, I thought the, the, the shootouts and all that stuff was hard to follow. And plus, on top of that, like when somebody got shot, they had this like red flower where they got shot at. It just <laughs> killed me to look at. I, I, I mean, I had a hard time looking at this one. I, I thought the color palette was an odd choice. Like, it was kind of like pastel colors in the backgrounds and stuff. Like, I really had a hard time with that. And all the inconsistencies, just it drove me crazy. So, that's, that's my two bits. I, I think, too, that one of the things that really, I felt like jumped around a lot was how old people were. And exactly. Like, that's another thing I had in here. Their ages. There was... There were times Leo looked like he was 22, and then he looked like he was 48. I mean, it was... Or older. Or older. I mean, it was wild. Yeah. And um, there were times it looked like Greta was, you know, fresh out of high school. Other times she looked like, you know, she was a 40-something junkie. I mean, yeah. it was all over the place. I, yeah, I, think, I, I think they kept Seymour pretty consistent. He's just the old dude the whole time. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff. Jeff was pretty consistent. Yeah. 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 I, I like when the faces are like that in art because I know I get all kinds of leeway on when we get to our cast <laughs> section. Exactly. <laughs> but Which page coffee? are you going off of? Oh, I was going off <laughs> this page. That's why I got this, this person. <laughs> I, I got leeway. pictures by the way I pick people too in my cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think there was anything like super terrible with the art. It just it wasn't consistent. And like you said, it, like the story, it was, I mean, it was just mediocre. It's not really bad, not really good, just something to look at. I think I think would have been a lot better if they could have kept the ages the same all the way through and the faces the same. The 
inconsistency is what really brought the art down. I mean, if, if they would have brought that together, the art, art would have been okay to solid. You know what I'm saying? Well, Sean Phillips is good, though. I've read other stuff. The, the series I was talking about earlier that's set in Old Hollywood is called The Fade Out. Mm. Um, and Sean Phillips says the art on that. It's really good. I think it's better than here. Um, he did uh, uh, the new graphic novel. It was original uh, original graphic novel. It wasn't every issue. It was called, the, called uh, Pulp. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's another Brubaker and Phillips story. Um, Phillips is good in that one. I mean, this one just doesn't feel like a great example of how good Sean Phillips can can do. I mean, he is a good artist. Is their, this isn't his best work. Yeah, I wonder if this was their first try together or something. Maybe. Um, it felt like they were also trying to do more of like a David Aja style from Hawkeye. Yeah, it didn't come through though. Yeah, but I mean, he is good, and like I said, and, and the fade out is my is I think my favorite Brubaker crime story. It's a mm-hmm. lot more creative than this one. So, all right. And I, I didn't remember it. I had to look it up. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> That's how good it was. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm bad with titles, man. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, are we done, are we done with art? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Characters. Um, they were good enough. Um, uh, with one exception. Um, I thought they were all good enough. They felt really familiar, though. Um, there's a, a Leo guy in almost every crime heist type story. Um, mm-hmm. The dirty cops felt like, you know, straight out of central casting. Um, the kingpin guy, the drug kingpin dude, felt like, you know, just we've seen dozens of those type of dudes. I thought Greta kind of jumped out to me, though. I thought I thought I felt like she was the exception. Um, I feel like they loaded her with like a whole lot of backstory that made her feel like more of a distinct character rather than just, you know, you know, cardboard cutout from this kind of story with the stuff with her kid. And her mom, and that her husband had been on the bank house job, and Leo had got gotten him killed, and her, you know, being a recovered, you know, heroin addict. I mean, all, I mean, they loaded her back with so much stuff that it made her feel real, and it made you care about her in ways that you just you didn't care about Leo. I, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, Greta was I, the only person I was rooting for all the way through. Yeah. And you know, I wonder if they'd done that for to get you attached to her, and then kill her off for the shock. You know, because I don't feel like they done with any other character. I agree with you. And I don't but feel did, like they but gave did that it much. feel shocking? No, not really. I mean, he got the husband I killed. I saw that him coming and, a mile off. Yeah. As soon as I got to the farm, I'm like, well, she ain't getting off that farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her not having a great side by side. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I wonder, I, I think that's what they were going for, though, in the characters. I mean, like, they're all cookie cutters, all, we've seen them all before. They, they, they're all done well, though. I mean, for what for what it is. Yeah. And then I feel like you said they. I think they gave Greta special attention with the intention of killing her off, getting you more attached to her, so they have like a, a second main character that they can kill instead of trying to kill off Leo. Well, I think I think too that they built her up so that when she died, it threw Leo off his game. It made him do things like he was going to break he his changed. own rules. Yeah, yeah. And so he, and he was going to do things he would normally do. So it made it made the ending like have more stakes. And so and and, and it made him act out of his normal routine. Mm. Um, but but she did stand out the best character. Um, mm. I mean, f- far and away. I mean, I I could. I mean, I was kind of rooting for Leo to get caught. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't. I didn't like him. You know. I thought he was a pretty unlikable character. I was okay when he got busted. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope Princeton's not too rough on you, but you you kind of belong there. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, well, I, I didn't find any of the characters relatable, like like you guys. There wasn't anybody I was really rooting for. And Greta had her stuff going on, but uh, Leo, because it's called Coward, 
And it's this whole thing is how he's always runs away. He's always the one guy that sits out of the jobs that go bad because he he runs away. You know, he's he's the coward. They said that like twice, but there was no real examples. So I feel like the turn when he does something brave and heroic and he goes and he rescues the daughter like that didn't really feel that out of character for Leo because I never mm-hmm. really experienced him being a coward. No, I mean, well, there, well, there was that opening like three of the bank heist when it starts right. going sideways and he's long gone. And right. I got the impression that bicycle outfit and actual bicycle he had stashed somewhere like the rest of the team didn't know about that. Right, yeah. like he had a separate escape plan for himself. Right, so, but but it was yeah. just the one time. It didn't feel like yeah. I don't know if that makes know. him a coward. He's don't want to go to jail, and he was smarter. Than <laughs> this makes him smart. <laughs> but I, I just I, for for the arc for the giant redemption, the whole last you know thirty pages of him turning around, breaking his rules, doing what he never does and stuff. It just didn't seem that out of character, or or like it was that big of a turn for his character for me. Because yeah. again, I I, ne- I just didn't feel like they showed how out of character that was. Did you did you buy his secret? Like the thing he was really afraid of was like this monster inside of him that really loved killing. No, no, I didn't really buy it. No, no, it was. Just... It seemed kind of cheesy. <laughs> I, I liked it better when Greta made her guess about what he was really afraid of, like because mm-hmm. his dad was gone and abandoned, and he felt abandoned as a child, but he was afraid to connect with people. Yeah, I'm like right. I, I liked that better as the twist. I do too. That like, would have made him more relatable. I'd have had a little more sympathy for him. Yeah. But now he just likes killing people. Well, that makes me feel for him. <laughs> he likes killing people too much, so he tries not to get in fights. Like, oh, okay. It's, yeah, now I'm rooting for him. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to point out, though, I think the only, like, decent person in this whole story was Gnarly. I liked Gnarly. The bartender, I mean, he's he's mm. watching the Ivan. He's watching the old man. He patches up Leo and lets him stay when he gets shot. Like, you know, he, he just seemed like he was probably one of the better dudes <laughs> in the book. Yeah, I never saw what his connection was with uh, Leo because I mean it seemed like he went out was way more than with him than anybody else in the in the bar or any other interactions Gnarly had. They gave no backstory on that. Just he was a bartender, my bartender. Okay, you know how in the John Wick movies there's like that one guy at the hotel. Yeah, that's Gnarly. I think Gnarly's kind of that guy in Criminal. Yeah, um, I got you. I, I think because like every every volume is like a completely different story, but I'm guessing they're always going to circle. There's going to be a scene at that bar, and Gnarly's going to be he's going to be like the only oh, character that goes through the whole series. Right. That's my I, hunch. I haven't read anymore. I got the impression that he was friends with uh, Leo's dad, and maybe yeah. they had hung out yeah. when they were younger, and now he's gone, so he kind of watches out for him because he calls him kid all the time, like he knew him when he was younger. Kind of where I was getting. All right, I had a, I had a question about Gnarly though. Um, mm-hmm. I got a, I've got a theory. Um, so those comic strips that Gnarly keeps showing off, what do you think was mm-hmm. the deal? The deal was with the comic strips. I have no idea. I didn't get that at all. I think that Gnarly is secretly a cartoonist, and that oh, yes. those are and those are all scenes that have happened in his bar. I mean, possible. <laughs> could be. That's a good theory. Yeah, because he keeps showing them off. Like, hey, have you, did you read the new whatever it's called? Mm. And there's like, no, I didn't look at it. You know, and he's, you know. It just kept trying to like. It just felt like you know that was a look big deal. Stuff, please. Yeah. yeah. It kind of felt like like. Hey, what'd you think of my yeah. stuff? But that wasn't to say my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. But I, but, I, it, I, but it I felt thought, like it was somehow connected to the story and the things that had happened like within Gnarly's hearing. And so I wondered if he's like I got this whole long running comic strip <laughs> and it's all based on things he overhears while he's tending bar. I was just. Yeah. 
I like that better. I, I just took it as he maybe that was somehow and, and it went way over my head and I didn't catch it. But maybe he was trying to warn Leo about something like keep your eyes open or it was some kind of foreshadowing yeah. for stuff that was going to. And I just didn't catch it. Yeah, I thought it was uh, foreshadowing or something. Yeah, I just I, I didn't get it and I didn't go back and think about it that hard, honestly. <laughs> I just the, the, when the first time they show it gnarly is like trying to push it into Leo's face. It made me think about, like, why why are you so obsessed with this comic strip? And it just mm. kind of, I don't know, got in my head. All right. All right Anything so else? Before off, yeah, before okay. we jump off, one more comment on characters. Okay. Roy L. or Royalty, whatever you want to call him. Then I don't know what it is. On page 132, they drawed Michael Clark Duncan. For yeah. Him. That's Absolutely. who that guy totally is. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out since we didn't cast him. Oh, yeah. That is totally Michael Clark Duncan. There's a couple of panels that that's a cover for the listeners. Yeah, um, there's there's a couple of panels where he looks kind of Michael Hart Duncanish too. No, that one is they drawed him. It was like he sat down for him so they could draw him. Yeah, yeah, they weren't hiding the ball there. They, that's obviously what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want to give us some words? Let's do it. Josh didn't say it, so I couldn't say oh. it. Oh, he, he was looking at the face, too. <laughs> I, was getting, I was getting stuff ready. <laughs> All right, here we go. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> All right, and these are the things we dig most in Criminal Volume 1. Coward. All right, um, best cover. Sam, is it Michael Clark Duncan? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your so, best cover? My best cover is page 130. It's uh, issue two. It's the Miami Vice kind of feel thing. All the lights and the, the armored car in the background. Like, it had straight up like 80s or late 70s feel to it to me. It, it looked like a good movie poster. Yeah, that would make a good movie poster. All right. That, that's Josh, what, yeah, Josh, that, you I agree with Sam. That was the one I had. It, it's the one that felt most like a heist movie poster mm-hmm. like i'm going to be walking by the theater and that's what i'm going to see criminal coming out next summer you know and that's the yep. that's the image for it that's it would make a, it would make like a good um like kind of like a true detective on hbo like yeah. a long-running series with different characters each time mm-hmm. anyway um i went with page 131 um and it's the one they're out in the field and she's teaching him to shoot and i just felt like that one was just really kind of moody i, I don't know yeah. And it has some vaguely Van Gogh feel to the art, and I'm a Van Gogh nerd. Stuff. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that one grabbed me. I don't have a great reason. Um, all right. Uh, Josh, best character. Did, best did character. You have any? Do what? Did you have any? <laughs> Gnarly. Because <laughs> I, I kind of got the vibe like you that he was going to be more important. Once you kind of explained the setup, how each volume is kind of a different storyline. I was with you. I thought the bar was going to be the center part. And, and like I said, he seemed like the most upright, <laughs> nicest guy in the story, nicest character. Uh, so, yeah, I liked him. I was Greta. I mean, it's the way they set that up. I just really found her story really compelling. All the stuff. I mean, with her kicking her habit, trying to go straight, um, Leo getting her husband killed, um, you know, yeah, the kid and the mom. Leo getting her care killed. Of. Yeah. Um, I just felt like it really, and she got pulled into this role. I felt like this was also her, the only job she ever worked on. I didn't feel like she had a long history of doing this kind of thing. Like she was right. just doing this because her kid had a bunch of health problems all of a sudden. And she, and Leo got her husband killed, so she was all on her own. Um, 
but she, I, I just felt like she was really interesting and, and really. I'm probably the only outside of gnarly. Only had a little bit of panel time. Um, I thought she was the only likable character in the whole thing. And that's, I mean, I, I like Greta, but I went with Josh gnarly. Is it? I don't. Know, I just liked him because he was always there. He was like the guy you could count on. I, I liked his character. I, I didn't. I didn't think about the center point of all the stories like y'all did. Though. I just. I liked him because. He's always there to help. When, I, I know why work. you liked him, Sam, because I think we had this probably the same subconscious thoughts as uh, Harry Dresden, the bar with yeah. Mac down there. Yeah, Mac, That's yeah. what I was thinking. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I, and I like Mac from that little story series. So. All, right. All, right, um, all right. So our best panel, I'm going to go with page 109.7. Um, and not because it's like mind-blowingly awesome. It just feels like if they were going to make this movie, they would have to film that. I mean, the house yeah, is going to be a scene. He's walking away, not looking at it. I mean, yeah, this is a cool, tough, you know, you know, yeah. scene from a good crime story. Can you can you be an a, a honest, real action hero if you don't walk away from something burning <laughs> or exploding without looking? You can't look. Without looking back, yeah, <laughs> got to. Even Iron Man did it. He's a superhero. <laughs> All, All right, right. Sam, what'd you have? Well, I have two we're on that round right now. So page 79, it's panel five and seven. Uh, what I picked that for was because you see the cop, the bad cop, whatever. He's got the the dopey country boy look thing. And then the, the next time you see him, he's got the evil look. I like how they how they done both back to back real quick. You see how easy that guy could flip it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got the feeling it's really good that Leo rescued Angie real fast. Yeah, I'm saying though, I'm, yeah. well, I got cut down too. Yeah, I got a real bad vibe from that dude. But I, I just like how they draw him like, like he, he's playing like the the nice guy, and then like the very next time he's seen, man, he's just pure evil. All right, Josh, what do yeah. you have? All right, uh, we're gonna go back towards the beginning, page seventy. Uh, it's panel seven. I'm, I'm sorry, page twenty, uh, panel seven. It's uh, Greta screaming at Leo. When he's calling her a junkie, she said, I've been sober for years. Uh, but I thought that was pretty expressive. And I was buying her outrage at him and her anger at him. Like, I totally was believing it. But if you go back and look at panel one, it's a different person. Then if you look at there panel three, it's a different person. There's three different Gretas on that one page. And panel Four five, days. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely different bone structure to her face in, her, like, in that panel, too. So, Yeah. Out of seven panels, there was four different Gretas. <laughs> <laughs> seven sequential panels, not just seven randomly picked ones. <laughs> seven in a row on one page. Uh, but so I you picked the right one. That was, yeah, that was really yeah. good. It's just yeah. a, so that's a well-drawn face. Probably the best, yeah. best drawn face in the whole book. I, I thought so. All right, Sam, best dialogue. All right, so of our cookie-cutter story here, I picked on page uh, 127. It's the last page. It says the end at the very bottom. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh after everything went down, he's sitting there bleeding and all stuff. Says turns out dying is a lot harder than killing, a lot more painful too. And blah 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 blah. It says, but uh, but like I said, dying. Let's see. Oh, it says I can't be here when the cops uh the song stops. I can't be here. But like I said, dying's harder than killing. I like it because he was sitting there wanting to die, but he can't die. I like who he's talking to himself about. He's like, I don't want to go to jail, all that sort of stuff. I think he really just wanted to get away. 
I, I think he did. Well, <laughs> he did want to go get. Yeah. yeah. I think he did want to get away. But anyway, so yeah, I just like that. Like, if I can't get away, I'd rather die. But I can't die. It's harder than killing. Yeah, that that felt very sort of noir crime story type yeah. type of dialogue. Yeah, it was good. All right, Josh, yeah. what'd you have? I I didn't really like any of the dialogue, and uh, we kind of pointed out that uh, this didn't feel believable. But it's his dark secret is that he doesn't want to get in confrontations because he likes killing people or whatever. So I got dialogue from page one thirteen, uh, and it's after he's killed Delron, the uh, bad guy. He says it's easier than I thought it would be. But it's always surprised me how much easier killing is than it should be. Another reason I hate it so much. So if, I think if they had done that turn and made that secret more believable, I think that line would have been would have added to it. It just wasn't very well set up. It it just it didn't pan out. Yeah. But I, I saw him trying to set that up, and that would have been a good line. I mean, that would have fed into that. I just I just wish Greta had been right. Um, okay, mine is on page one hundred eight. Um, and it's it's the same thing Josh was talking about. It wasn't very well set up, but I mean, as far as like pr- prior to this, like I mean, but it it was. I think how I want to put this. Um, like the the previous issues in the series didn't set up the twist, but once like they did the twist, it was pretty well executed. And so I'm going with the dialogue on the bottom of that page when he first reveals it when he's when he kills for the first time, as far as we see. He says, "That's what I've always been afraid of, you stupid." And he, you know, uh, says things we don't say on our show. And he says. What he's really scared of is that of what's inside of me, and it was pretty. It was well executed. Like when they showed it happening, it was well executed. It just didn't feel like it fit with what happened beforehand, and so, mm. and also the dialogue wasn't mind blowing. Yeah, if that <laughs> if that had followed a different first four issues, that would have been like, oh, you know, totally yeah. bought it. But yeah, it didn't it didn't match with the earlier part of the story. Yeah. All right. Uh, next award is best noir moment slash element. Um, and this isn't really a noir story. That was my bad. It's more of a, you know, just, you know, full on crime story, maybe a heist. Uh, but Josh, uh, what was your favorite crime type thing? Uh, I had the, uh, it's kind of a combo, but it was, uh, Leo's death scene and his narration throughout the last couple pages of stuff going on. That really had an old school vibe to me where you've always got the detective or the private eye that's doing the, the narration of what he's thinking as he's going through stuff. So I, w- I was getting that kind of vibe from it. I liked the rules. Um, Cause it's like, it's a common thing. Like they have these rules they follow and when they break the rules or don't follow the rules, that's when they get in trouble. And mm-hmm. it, it feels like as far as like the way a crime story goes, you, you have that set up a lot. But I feel like it 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 was well done here, and it really sort of established, you know, Leo's backstory and his op- and the way he operated because the rules were because of what had happened to him with his dad, and so it, it kind of fed into both angles of it. And that was I thought that was pretty well done. That's not bad. Yeah. And I just realized the 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 element I picked was the whole ties to gnarly. I didn't realize I'd done that. <laughs> but you know why I picked the bar was because there there's. Any kind of old uh, private eye movie, black and white, whatever. You, the guy's always at a bar, meets a dame. Something always happens at the <laughs> bars. So I, I, I kept going back to this bar, like, man, that, that that really felt like an old noir type of setting, and that's that's why I picked that one. Okay, our last award can go any direction you want uh, because it's best plot twist, and there were lots of attempts uh, attempts at a plot twist here. 
I feel like many of them worked as well as Brubaker was hoping. So if you want to just make fun of a plot twist, um, you can. Um, I went with the one I feel like worked the best. Um, the diamonds not being diamonds um, was the one that I was actually most surprised by. Um, because at the time this was published, and it's still to this day, like blood diamonds from like Africa are, are, are a thing, you know, people are concerned about. They're in the news occasionally, all that. And we've seen how many movies have we seen about the blood diamonds. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was going to be the thing, but when it's heroin instead, I mean, I was really surprised. I did not think that was going to be the case. And then all the problems that created for Ivan and Greta, I thought that was a, a plot twist that had a really good effect on the story as well. It wasn't just like a gimmick, like a fun little thing. It, was, it actually played into the story. I agree. That's exactly what I wrote down. It was uh, it was drugs instead of diamonds. I was completely shocked. I was not expecting that at all. Now, I knew something was up as soon as she grabbed the suitcase in the armored car, and she was like, too heavy. I was like, oh man. So I I didn't know what it was until they opened it. Josh, I I had something different. It's it's kind of related to that though. Uh, but like you said, there was a lot of attempts at twists, and not many of them landed. Some of them were kind of you saw them from a mile away, and some of them just didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but I hundred percent fully expected for uh, the uh, dirty cops to kidnap Ivan tease him with drugs and get him to come over and use him for ransom against Leo. So when he OD'd, when I saw him getting up and he found the drugs, I'm like, oh, he's not going to get kidnapped and used for ransom. Because they were setting Ivan up to be so important to Leo. Like, he was doing all kinds of risky stuff for Ivan. I was like, he'll definitely, if they try to ransom him, he'll definitely go for it. So, yeah, that, that, that one caught me way off guard. Yeah, but I mean, but most of the plot twists didn't work. Like as soon as they got to the farm, I was like, "Hey, great, is not going to make it." And as soon as they, and as soon as they got too friendly, I was like, "Oh, she did now." <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. sad your death warrant. And and I, I had the I had a very different feeling about Ivan. Like well, as soon as he got to the farm, and I knew there was heroin there, I'm like, "Man, that poor dude, it's going to be a daily for him." Yeah. See, I thought when, when, when Leo left the farm, I'm like, okay, they're going to kill Greta and they're going to kidnap Ivan. And that's going to be their bartering tool to, to, to take control of Leo. Uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting what happened. And as soon as Greta said that she had a kid, I'm like, oh, that poor kid. Somebody's going to happen to that thing. It's <laughs> gnarly, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. yeah. All right. Y'all want to cast this thing? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I tried. <laughs> Yeah, this one was a little tough, but also, like, the art was all over the place that, you know, I'm not going to get mad at anybody. Uh, Sam, you get to go first. Who's your Leo? Okay, so I cast for old man Leo, the old wrinkly dude. Looked like he's in his 40s, almost 50s, around that range. So I cast Ian Glenn. He's from Game of Thrones. He was, what else is Ian? Uh, right now. He's been in all kinds of stuff. Uh, Let's see. Pulling up. Apparently, he was super memorable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. He's a what's his name from Game of Thrones? Uh, uh, Sir Jorah. Yeah, Sir Jorah Jorah Marmont. Yep. So he was in love with uh, what's her face, Dragon Lady. He was in Tomb Raider and a bunch of the Resident Evil movies. Yeah, Tomb Raider. Yeah, Resident Evil. He was the Doctor in Resident Evil. But he he Uh, he didn't look the slick back look, especially from Game of Thrones. Sure. All right, yeah. Josh. Yeah, I'm. I'm what am I gonna say? Which page right. you cast it from? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you look well, this this was my pick that within the first probably 15 pages I'd cast for Leo, and I think I got the right answer right off the bat. Uh, I got Ethan Hawke 
for Leo. Mm, that's that's the vibe I got right off the bat. I think you might have stole this one. Yeah, I think so. That's a good. I went with Michael Shannon. I feel like more often than not, that's who he looked like. And uh, Michael Shannon does really good at like off, you know, kind of off kilter weirdo. I mean, mm. who does that better than Michael Shannon? And he's actually a really good actor. And so I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, he always puts in a good performance. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the collector from uh, Barnes and Galaxy. The collector. What's that guy's name? Benicio uh, del Toro. Yeah. I That's a level of weird. I don't think this was going. I, was like, <laughs> I don't. I was thinking. I was thinking you said weird guys. Made me think about him for some reason. Yeah. That's no, no, a good actor. He's just yeah. yeah. He He's strength. quirky with a capital Q. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Josh, he's your grader. Uh, and, and this is the exact opposite of Leo. I struggled with this one for a little bit. And again, depending on what picture you're using, what age range we should be working with, uh, this may work. But uh, Lena Hetty. Yeah. That's not Game Cersei of Thrones. from 300. Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah. She was in 302. Queen yeah, she was in 302. I yeah. yeah. Jungle Book 2. Okay. Yeah, she was in the new. Uh, uh, Dread. Judge Dread. She was yeah. the drug kingpin, queen pin. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. I actually um, too. Yeah. I, I didn't because I've got the right answer. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen her or anything, but it's a Canadian actress named Melanie Scrafano. She mm. is the star of Winona Earp. She plays, oh, um, yeah. uh, what's her name, Miss McMichael on Kilkenny. Uh, yeah, she looks like this lady more often than not. And she would play this character really well. You're not wrong. I don't think I've saw any of the stuff she's in. The one on her, the what I've seen her from. Yeah, I've yeah. not watched that. She's, I mean, she, yeah, she she could look, she she could fit into that role. Okay. Well, McMurray. That's who she is on. She's Miss McMurray, not me. Okay. Anyway, doesn't matter. Sam, who's your grade? All right. So I went with the older version again. I'm not saying this lady's older. I picked it all by no means. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but also picked her because she was also in heist movies. It's pretty famous. Ocean's Eleven through Ninety. Uh, Julia Roberts. I picked okay. her because she's. I mean, yeah. I, I have a hard time finding her as a heroine at it. I do too. I was. Still. I was getting ready to say, she hasn't played in a character from the wrong side of the track since 1990 in Pretty Woman. I know, but still. I, <laughs> that I, I wasn't very believable voice. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I really wanted to pick her because, I mean, it is a heist noir kind of thing, and I, that's the only pick I had from that genre. But she's a good actor. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. be mad about it, but I don't, I don't like this kind of greedy, edgy character. I, I, she, I mean, I think I her picture more nobody besides Notting her. Hill now or something. Yeah. I don't think of her as... <laughs> she, she may be great at it. She just maybe got she, yeah. cast as America's sweetheart and just never got into those roles. She'll yeah. do good. Don't worry about it. She got this. Okay. <laughs> All right. Our next one is Jeff. And he is the main bad cop, the worst of the bad cops. And I'm going to go with Jamie Foxx. And think mm. of Jamie Foxx as Bats from Baby Driver. Mm. That Jamie Foxx performance. Give us something like that. Uh, yeah. I think he'd be really good. Django. All right, same. All right, so y'all was right. I still can't pronounce this guy's name. It's the operative from uh, Serenity. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. 
the Edge Four guy. He's in all kinds of stuff, and I just for some reason other that's who I kept seeing when I when I was drawing the guy. It's good the like, haircut. Yeah, I think it could be what it was. I don't know what yeah. it was, but yeah. So I kept getting drawn to the him, and I couldn't get it out of my head. And like, he's a great actor, so he can kill that role too. I've never seen him be that unlikable though. Four like, even when he's the operative, he was, he's kind of, he's kind of no, a you know a guy you respect, you know. Yeah. Well, and Four Brothers, he was the drug dealer kind of kingpin guy in that one. He was kind was of. He had Four Brothers. Yes, he was. He, he was, was the, the main, main bad, guy. bad guy, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. I completely yeah. did not realize that was him. I That's the guy that throwed an ice at the end. Yeah, they had to throw him an ice at the end. That's him. Dog's got to eat. That was what he kept saying. <laughs> there you go. How about that? Okay. All right. Your pick just got better. All right. Josh, <laughs> who's yours? Uh, well, apparently I aged everybody up on this. I'm picking a little bit older characters. Uh, I went with Keith David. I don't know who that is. Go ahead and look it up. You know who it is. Uh, Tell me what he's in. Odd reference. Yeah. They live from back That's in the day bad. with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he was in uh, Pitch Black. He was the yeah, uh, yeah. Armageddon, the thing. Yeah. He he plays a bad guy pretty good. I don't know if I ever saw him like, be that bad of a guy, but I think he would slide right into that role. And he's got the look for it. He's been in some weird stuff. I'm he's in his IMDb page. Yeah. I thought, I thought right, now, he was good. I thought he'd be good for that. Now, if we're oh, making man. a different kind of thing, we're trying to ramp the comedy up. How about some Kevin Hart? Yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. And have Michael Pena be his partner? How good mm. would that be? Uh, that would be a comedy <laughs> heist. I feel like you're making a buddy cop movie, not a heist movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're just shaking buddy, buddy cops. cops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sam, who's your Seymour? Uh, so this is the the other bad cop. Yeah, so this is what I felt most confident in, and I want for this guy's look more than anything. His name is John Slatery, I think is to say his last name. He was uh, Tony Stark's dad in Iron Man 2. He's been in Mad Men. He's all kinds of stuff, but he looks a lot like how they draw to see more. He was in the Adjustment Bureau with Matt Damon. He was one of the head adjusters. That's a good runner-up pick. I really like him. He's, 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 he's a good actor. Nah, looks like I'll, I'll get you first. I'll get the right answer before you get there, Jamie. Okay. You want to know dirty cop, just all-around unlikable guy, Ray Liotta. Crazy ass. Yeah, but if Ray Liotta was playing this guy, he'd have gotten further and he'd have lived, and Leo wouldn't have made it. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. He would have won. Yeah. <laughs> 15 years ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you can't cast him. Now his face doesn't move anymore. Uh, he's, yeah. <laughs> But I think he's got, he kind of, there was a couple of panels where the guy looked like Ray Liotta. I can see that, yeah. All right, and he yeah. plays Shady Cop. He plays Mob Guy. I mean, he plays a bad guy all the time. He does. Or he did, anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, I'm going to tell you the right answer. Michael Park. Uh, he played the, he was on Stranger Things 3. He played the lifeguard's dad. He was the main reporter at the uh, newspaper that they were working at. They were drawing this guy. I mean, he looks exactly like how he's drawn like 90% of the time. You said Michael Park? Yep. Park. That's why I couldn't find him. Oh, yeah. Looks just like him. And that guy plays Toolbag really good. And I can totally see Leo taking him out. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Oh, I don't yeah, know if it's Ray Liotta good, but it's okay. 
Well, I mean, Ray Liotta's a better actor than him, I'm sure. But I'm not for this one part. I'm going with Michael Park. Anyway. Right, I think we all have good answers. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't as clear cut as I thought it was going to be. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I had that one for sure. That was the one I knew right off the bat. Like, as soon as he showed up the first time they drew him, I'm like, that's that dude from Stranger Things 3. That's how I feel about the guy I picked. Iron Man's dad. Anyway, Josh, he's driving. Right, so Ivan in, in the novel was a smaller guy who maybe wasn't quite as intimidating imposing. So I tweaked that on the character a little bit. Uh, I went with Jonathan Banks. You'll know him from Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, a million other things. Mm-hmm. He, he's starting to get up in age a little bit where I could see he could do a believable dementia patient who was you know a career criminal. No, no, you're way off. That dude's too intimidating and scary. That's what I was saying. I'm tweaking it so that, yeah. you know, he he no. was the, the main guy. No, I don't buy that. He's a good actor, though. Yeah, he is. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. He's a good actor. I just, I mean, anyway, uh, just not the right part. <laughs> Moving on. I was tweaking that character a little I bit. I think you're so. wrong. Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, wrong. well, anyway. Well, who's right then? All right. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. I think Steve Buscemi would be awesome as Ivan. I mean, he really would, too. I mean, he, he kind of looks messed up most of the time anyway. He's gotten <laughs> yeah. older now. Well, I mean, yeah. And you think of all the all the, the crazy <laughs> stuff he's doing, like all the, the like the, you know, the... Any appropriateness off- with the yeah. nurses? <laughs> I can see Buscemi. Make totally it real awkward. See, yeah, real awkward. Totally, 100% Buscemi could pull that off. No, right. you win. No, he ain't won yet. My okay. Still All right. Who you got to sell? Alan Arkin. That's how you say his name. A R K I N. No. The newest movie I ever seen him in was Spencer Confidential, and he was just like this Ivan guy. I mean, no. You know what I'm talking about? I know you're talking about. Have you seen Spencer Confidential? No, but I've seen Argo, and I've seen like all kinds of things he's been in. Seen going in style, the old when all the old dudes. I think Morgan Freeman and Robert De Niro. No, I, Alan Arkin's been in like a million things. There's I know he has. Popping my head, but like no, I don't see him as this guy. I do. That's funny. Okay. He's got the look. He does got the look. Uh, if you ever watch Spencer Confidential, I think they made uh, his character after Ivan. Other than him and old Howard or whatever yeah. it was. Nah. Yeah, that's you probably beat me out, but I still think Bushimi's the right answer. I hate yeah. to agree yeah. with Jamie, but it's taken from Armageddon. Yeah. They're riding a rocket. Taking from like ninety percent of the movies he's in. Yeah, little adjustment, and he's right there. Just show up to his house. That's supposed to be in a movie. I mean, it's just Bushimi <laughs> in daily life. <laughs> All right, uh, gnarly is our last uh, cast, and I'm gonna go with Terry Crews. Ooh, that's a good one. Who's more likable than Terry Crews? I mean, come on. <laughs> Who can still be intimidating and threaten to bust somebody's head and totally believable? And then dance and, it off. And, and then be wearing a cargo and play with Legos and still scare you. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, that's a really good answer. It really is. Yeah. It's so good, I picked him, in fact, too. Terry <laughs> Crews. I wanted to say Michael Clark Duncan. Uh because no. I think he's big intimidating guy. He's a big teddy bear though, yeah. or was a big teddy bear. Like he he was totally a lockable guy. Uh, but I think if he wanted to be intimidating, it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think Terry Crews was was my main pick. Okay, well my pick 
is Mike Coulter from Luke Cage. I thought about him. I mean, he's he was even a bartender in uh, What's Her Face. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on names tonight. Jessica Jones. Jones. If we lived in a universe where Terry Crews didn't exist, your Mike Coulter pick would be a good one. It, it's a really good one. Unfortunately, we live in this universe. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. Terry Crews would be perfect. I can, I can <laughs> see it now. I mean, come on. He's a swole teddy bear. He'd be perfect for Norley. <laughs> yeah. Have uh, you guys watched the TV show Evil? No. Mike Coulter's in. He's the main guy. It's a Coulter's guy. a good actor. Yeah, he's really. That's what I want to say. He's really good in that. Uh, I think we're done kicking around criminal. I think so. Which is funny. We were pretty negative reviewing this thing. But we all gave it pretty good grades. Yeah. I think well, that's yeah. a reflection of how we feel about crime stories. I did what it is. I couldn't give it an objective grade because I would have put it even farther down because I don't like this kind of story. But I mean, I didn't well, think I, it was. Honestly, I had Affleck minus and Keaton on mine, and since I was going first, I went and gave it the Affleck minus because it was really done well. I mean, yeah. all said, this, not, if this is your jam, honor. it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I may wait till after we do our next award show and then put the fade out on. Maybe <laughs> do one crime story a year or something. But there you go. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie. But the fade the fade out is really good. It's 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 mm. a lot better than this one. Um. Right, anyway, Sam, preview our next pick for us. All right, so for next week, we're bringing back the 1980s, and it's uh, Transformers All Hell Megatron Volume 1. I don't think there's nothing else after it. I didn't see a subtitle. Yeah, it's just Volume 1, All Hell Megatron. And just put it out there. I've already read them all. It's amazing. But it says, uh, so this is the summary. The Decepticons have won. The Autobots are defeated. And the time for conquest is at hand. Or is it? The classic series picks up one year after the Revelation saga and finds the Decepticons alone and triumphant on Earth, with not an Autobot in sight, with no one to stand in their way how will the planet survive, and what of the missing Autobots, the biggest, most epic Transformers storyline is it ever is here. So, I, I really picked it. It's because, I mean, Transformers are a big part of our childhood in the 80s. <laughs> I mean, like me and you, especially. I don't know about Josh, know. so maybe I'll figure yeah. by the time he was watching Saturday morning with us. I'm sure it was because he really didn't start until the 90s. But, anyways, for the 80s, man, we, I mean, every morning we get up early to go to school, going to school to watch it. So, I mean, and this is the, the, the one I went through, all the ones I've, I've read, and it reminds me the most of that. That's the well, I remember, I remember it more as like a Saturday morning thing where like yeah. it was one of like the staples. Like those other like I mean, Josh never... Transformers back to back. Yeah. He Man. We don't watch it as much. Yeah, I mean we it, did. It, it came on really early. Yeah, yeah. Transformers. <laughs> Could be bothered to get up and watch He Man. <laughs> Wake me up when Transformers. Well, is no, on. we did, but it was like uh, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's that's. We'll do that next week. <laughs> Riveting conversation, guy. Why are you trying to cut us off? <laughs> this week in cartoons from 1985. <laughs> our new show. <laughs> That's our spinoff podcast. <laughs> this week we're right. reviewing Transformers. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think we're done here. I All think right. so. All right, guys. Salute. See you later. Good night. guys went through it's like man that's the funniest track i've ever seen it's like man you can at least check on me first